<laughs> I would never no. throw that in your face like that, like on the recording. Oh, gosh. <laughs> no, but it's just me. It might be relevant. It might be like, relevant. I but did anyways. all my homework, Kaylee. <laughs> yeah. That would be the ultimate <laughs> knife to my heart. Okay, I think you have to talk about this because you were terrified yourself. I think horrified is the more. I wasn't scared. I was like appalled is the way <laughs> to describe this. So in the last episode, we talked about some of the things that I do that are just like various levels of, what did we end up calling them? Best practices, like different best practices that I use that span across a variety of Yeah, it just spans a lot. And so, you know, we talked about email, we talked about Notion, and we talked about tea. And we talked about how if I have a lot of back-to-back meetings, not only will I have a tea in front of me in a mug, but I will also have a thermos full of tea to keep it warm (laughs) for my next meeting. Except, except I told, I think I told you about this, Habby, and then you were the one that brought it up. So you said this word first. And so... (laughs) you said you have a thermostat in front of you. And my brain was just like, yup, that's exactly what I have in front of me, a thermostat. And then we said thermostat like five times back and forth. And when I was listening to this episode after Heavy had edited it, I was horrified. I think I wrote into our Slack channel in all caps. Yeah. I was like, you were freaking out. Oh my God. We say thermostat instead of thermos. This is awful and there was you know nothing we could do about it we we had already recorded we were already editing and I think the funniest thing for me is I was so appalled and this was just such a moment for me that I was upset about and then one of our listeners uh (laughs) Brienne wrote in on Twitter the day that we released that episode and she says it is very rare that the make work work ladies use the wrong word but there was just a long conversation where both (laughs) Haley and Havi used the word thermostat instead of thermos and uh yeah I agree it was rough to listen to so I apologize uh that was a brain slip that I'm still upset about. Yeah, this is totally my fault. I feel like I poisoned Haley's mind. And then <laughs> I feel like obviously I would have known the word, but you know how sometimes you just don't. I feel like getting to 29 episodes without having like a really bad one like that, though, is not bad. So I'm okay with just using this follow up as a correction. And I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> when we released the episode, there was like, a flurry of tweets that came our way, which is always delightful, including this immediate call out of the use of the wrong word. And I was like, yep, we deserve that. So thanks for keeping us in check, Brianne. We'll, we'll, we'll do better this time and all the other times. Well, we'll try. Oh, we'll try. Okay. But it was a, it was a thermos, not a thermostat. <laughs> it was a thermos. Yeah, this is entirely me. I mean, I am the foreigner, so I can get away with these things. So... I'll just blame it on on that part. Yeah. I mean, you are recording a podcast in your second language. Uh, I guess I am. Yes, this is the truth. Speaking of the place where my first language comes from, (laughs) completely unavoidable topic of conversation somehow. Iceland. Yes, Iceland. We, I actually said, it was so funny. I said this to Haley after the last episode or when we were preparing last episode I said something along the lines of, 
by the way, I had no intention of talking about Iceland so much. It just kind of keeps coming up. And I don't remember exactly because I think I said something like, sometimes I try to go for as long as I can without mentioning Iceland or bringing up Iceland. Yeah. And this podcast is an example of that not working out very well because (laughs) we had no intention of talking about Iceland on this episode. But we got this lovely question from Simon who asked, if I could talk a little bit more about the changes and arrangements to so quickly move. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the thing about Iceland. If I find it funny that you're trying not to talk about Iceland or not that you're trying not to talk about, but you're just very aware of if we talk about it or if we don't. And it's it's funny to me that it ended up being in the title of our last episode. Yes. Like it was so clearly something that we talked about. But the, the funny thing for me is that our our listeners just want to know about Iceland. Like you got this question. I know that you get tweets sometimes. They want to know how you're doing or what the situation is like in Iceland. Iceland is just interesting to a lot of people for a lot of reasons. We know this. So uh, our listeners want to know. And I think that was a good <laughs> question from Simon. I, You know, we've shared updates mm-hmm. about what has gone on for you in the last little while. And so, yeah, I thought that was a good question about just all the changes and arrangements that you had to make so quickly to find accommodation. Yeah, I. We prepared this a while ago, and so I've thought about this question for a long time. And it's, I'm I'm just going to put my cards on the table here. Like, pretty much all of last year is a blur for me. It, a lot of things happened really quickly. So, yeah, I feel like I, I don't really know how to give a good answer without just going into explaining how everything came about. But basically, you just know how sometimes you're in the situation where you just like, you're running on adrenaline. You need to solve a problem and somehow the problems just keep getting solved. Yeah. And you just kind of have the wind in your sails and just to, I don't want to like break it down event by event just because I didn't really know if that's interesting or actionable or whatever, but it basically from May, I think till mid-August, I was just kind of I had to find a new place to live for the summer. I had to find a new place to live in more permanently. I had to like book my ticket to London. I had to, I was starting a new job in that time as well. And then I was also, yeah, arranging, getting all my stuff shipped back. And it was just a case of, it was a very tight schedule and nothing could go wrong. And all that kept me in check was just a laser focus. And I just had my OmniFocus. I think I mentioned in a previous recording where like my OmniFocus was in a really good place. And all I did was the next thing on the list and the next thing on the list. I wasn't thinking about tomorrow or the day before. I was just, you know, I had a good plan and I just set up. And I also, I think what I really kind of recognized last year was how resourceful (laughs) I can be I guess because yeah it was a lot of the case about posting something on Facebook and be like hey I'm looking for a flat and then finding a flat and my mom actually made the joke I was one for one in finding a job (sighs) and then also one for one for a flat I literally applied for one job that I got and the permanent like the kind of temporary accommodation in the summer that was a little bit of like a negotiation and like a little bit of a situation to work out. But then when I was like, okay, I need to live somewhere this fall, 
I was fully prepared that like, because I had to be quarantined when I came back from London, that I would have to stay in like a family cabin somewhere. And then, you know, working out the logistics of like, what would I then have to drive to the city to check out flats or whatever? I, I was like, I don't want to have to think about that. So I thought ideally I will just have a place to move into when I come back from London. And I swear I was like out somewhere and I checked my phone and on my feed. So I'm not even proactively looking like a friend of mine is sharing like, oh, my friends are having to move. So like they were breaking their contract, like this flat now became available. And so I was like, DM'd her right away. She's like a good friend. So she put in a good word for me. I like looked at the flat the next day. Wow. Two days later, I met a landlady who was like, yes. So it just, it. I don't think it works like that for a lot of people. And my mom was like, yeah, you're one for one on job and one for one on flats. And I'm like, I don't know how to explain how all of that worked out. It was just like super determined to just make it. Like nothing could go wrong because like I had to leave the flat in London at a certain date. I know I... For long-term listeners, no, I am like no stranger to rescheduling flights, but, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, that is just not really an option. So like everything in London just had to work out and then everything else just kind of did. And I don't even still really know why. And this whole period is, to be honest, just kind of like a big blur. Yeah. So I don't know if that answers the question. It was a combination of really being focused and thankfully like resourceful and also having a really good network in Iceland and just dumb luck as well like crazy dumb luck that I probably don't deserve so (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm glad you said the network piece because that was something that I wanted to mention is that I think we can all agree if you had been moving to a completely new city where you know no one it would be Mm -hmm. very, very different than moving to a city where you grew up, where you have lots of family, you have lots of friends, you can just scroll your Facebook and see things that are going on locally to you because you have enough people there. Mm -hmm. And so it would be very similar for me if I were moving back to Canada. For different parts of Canada, I would have different people Mm -hmm. that I would know. So yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the network part because I do think very, very much so luck also, but then very much so the network. You just already had that established network, which I think is amazing for for this and one of the reasons it was all able to happen so quickly and one of the reasons that it was all able to happen like yeah in the time frame it needed to happen in Iceland has this culture I don't know if this has come up on the show before where there's like this phrase that basically captures all things will just kind of work out Mm. so there's this like real attitude of just like you don't know exactly how it will work out but you just know it will work out and it's so funny how if you have that mindset things often just kind of do yeah and this is in stark contrast with cultures that are a lot more planned and prepared because like this attitude can come across as kind of like disorganized because you're just you just have this faith things will work out and then they do and then i can see how it's like frustrating for other people but i just really want to double down on that networking point you said because it is absolutely true every single thing i got like the two flats and the job i absolutely just got through my own network and what was like a really big i don't know what to say like wake up call but like a internalization maybe is a better word of i was really aware that like my parents have good networks and i know you know, people like Iceland is really, 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 really small. I feel like I have to really emphasize this point. You're like yeah. one person away from like the prime minister. Like that's how small everything oh, is. person away from the prime minister. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, a famous author can share your 
office floor. You know, everything is just really, 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 really small. So, yeah. But what I did realize in the summer is that I am a person who has this network. Like, it's not my parents and it's not my friends or it's not no one else. It's like I was able to kind of uh, drive through all of these things that had to work out. And that was like a really... It's almost as if like I didn't really know that I had this. So it was actually kind of nice to have this opportunity to, you know, see what I could get when I really needed something. And that's just exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Can I mention quickly, just the, I'm still laughing about the you are one person away from the prime minister. <laughs> Do you remember that time when I was in Iceland and we went to the farmer's market and your mom was like, Oh, that's the president of Iceland. Yes. And he was just getting his groceries. And so I end up, there's this photo of me with the president of Iceland, yes. just because we happened to be at the farmer's market at the same time. And I remember my family thought this was enormous. Like they couldn't believe that I had seen the president of Iceland or like gotten a photo with him. And it was just this really funny situation where your family was all like, oh yeah, that's him. He's buying kale over there. And I had to be the one to be like, wait, he is? What? What's going on? (laughs) And also the only reason, my mom would probably not even have pointed him out to me, but she did point out to Haley because she was like, oh, here's like, like, let's show our, you know, guests a good time kind of thing. So (laughs) <laughs> that was great. I also, that was so great. You know, it was part of our, part of my tourism was just being informed <laughs> if I was in the same room as someone like Yeah. Because I wouldn't have known. The other thing, I just Googled the Icelandic population and just to give people, I think some people probably know, but some people might not. Just to give people an idea, uh, as of 2020, the Icelandic population stands at a little over 360,000. Oh, wow. Last time I knew we were 330,000. There you go. So we're growing a lot. A lot of people came home maybe this year or this last year, just like you. (laughs) (laughs) That's maybe it. It's actually, I swear I'm not being paid to plug this, but there's a comedy special on Netflix now by an Icelandic comedian, which is, you know, a pretty big deal. And for, you know, all of Iceland. For all of Iceland. And this guy, he kind of made a name for himself at like the Edinburgh Fringe a few years ago. And then he came, like he did a tour and he came to Soho Theatre in London and I was able to get tickets. So I saw him and I think it's this, I haven't watched the Netflix special, but I think it's the same, like, you know how they have a sat and they perform that specific sat. Yeah. And he has this line where, and this is so true. I have said this many times myself and like this has happened. I have witnessed other people do this. And he's kind of like setting up the sketch where it's like, oh, so you get asked this question like, oh, or somebody says to you like, oh, so the population of Iceland, what is it, 300,000? And then you go, it's 330,000. <laughs> so you correct him. <laughs> and he's like, you know, it's small when you correct people down to like the 10,000. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, that is so true. That is true. And now, so that then when you went from, so that was 330,000, now it's gone up to 360,000. Like that is, like that is some significant percentage there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This is big. This, this is, is huge. <laughs> Great news for Iceland. Great news for Iceland. Speaking of people coming to Iceland, I put you in touch with one of my contacts because this network of like tech people in Iceland were scheming to let all the people who 
no longer had to show up in their offices in like San Francisco. So like Twitter said, like no one has to show up at the office for the rest of the year and that kind of thing. So this little scheme started that I feel like, Haley, you got pulled into this of how <laughs> might we... I was so happy to be pulled in. <laughs> yeah. How might we set up like a system so people have healthcare and like kids can go to school and that kind of thing for professionals who no longer have to attend an office in San Francisco. And yeah. yes, I feel like you had a part in this. I appreciate that I was a very small part of this momentous occasion for Iceland. <laughs> yeah, I think that this is so cool. So Iceland is one of the countries that is putting together a remote work long-term visa. And I know this has made news recently. There are a lot of other countries and even places in the U.S. that have been I guess in the U.S. they've been doing it a little bit differently. But in uh, there are a lot of other countries that are doing sort of long-term visas for remote workers, which is just really interesting. So now Iceland has one, and it's been an ongoing joke, but not joke, for a while <laughs> that I want to move to Iceland just because <laughs> I really enjoyed my time there. The weather is right up my alley. I don't do well in the heat. I don't, I don't like the summer very much. This is, I, I just think there are a lot of things that suit me to Iceland. I prefer to wear all black. I fit right in when I was there. That's true. <laughs> that is true. I got mistaken for Icelandic, which was the highest compliment. <laughs> Not only that. So yeah, so people would think Haley was Icelandic when she arrived here. But then also I remember because she came to my office at the time. And I don't Haley know if you fully know who this person is, but this person is like, was a legitimate like rock star in the 80s in like London and everywhere. You mentioned him to me. Yes, I know who you're talking about because we were in the office together. Yeah. And he just kind of looked at you and he was like, you're not wearing hiking boots. <laughs> this is very good. And he was just so impressed that Haley wasn't one of those like, because we get them all the time. We get tourists who are, and this is hilarious to me, they are like in full hiking gear, like including the shoes, <laughs> including the freaking stick things and the colorful jacket. The walking sticks. <laughs> the walking sticks. And then like the, you know, the, the windbreaker pants. And they are storming with a giant backpack up and down Laugavegur, which is like the main shopping street. And like uh, Icelandic people, especially like in Reykjavik, this is like a trendy <laughs> city. <laughs> and so they contrast on like these tours, like, hiking up and down like a sidewalk like a shopping street and also people think the winters here get like really cold and crazy but it's a lot more mild than people think so it's not like yeah you can't just wear normal shoes most of the time anyway and then I think so my my former colleague was really impressed that you were not in like a bright green jacket and hiking boots. <laughs> this is an inside note to all of our listeners who would like to go to Iceland yeah and to be fair if you want to go to Iceland to hike go for it. Yeah, that's great hikes. But I think the thing is just, that's a different outfit than when you're downtown in, <laughs> in the city. Yeah. So Haley fit right into Iceland. So that was great news. I appreciated it. Yeah. And so, yeah, we wanted to tell you, I just want to make it really clear that even though it is really cool that like people can come and stay to Iceland, this is uh, for people who are doing pretty well professionally. This is not like an accessible to everyone type of thing, which... Yes. Um, let's maybe not discuss the politics of that. I just want to flag that. It's like you have to prove that you have a pretty significant income. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a website. We'll put a link to it. We'll put a link. We'll put a link to it. So it's not just anyone who works remotely can have 
access to working in Iceland, there definitely is a certain amount of privilege required and a certain salary level required to be able to get this visa. And there are a couple of other specifications, like as with anything where it has to do with getting a long-term visa, there are requirements that you have to hit. But the monetary one is definitely going to be, in my opinion, a big barrier for some people. Yeah. I, I feel like it got criticized. I just want to make it clear. Like, this is not uh, everyone can come work in Iceland. This is like, if you're privileged, you can come work in Iceland. Which, if you, you know, yeah. <laughs> let's just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. We have some work to do on our, you know, uh, privileged conversation over here. I just want to, yeah. In Iceland. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it exists now. We wanted to let everyone know. I personally have a dream of one day living in Iceland. I just think... <laughs> I just think it would suit me. So one day, maybe in the long term. But yeah, it is also possible in the short term for for other people who are more (laughs) interested in making that move. Yeah. Did I tell you your partner told me the budget for the house he wants to buy in Iceland? Because it's not just you. It's... it's I am unaware of this conversation. <laughs> I don't. He's so excited. I think it was when that movie came out, that Netflix movie. Oh. Do you wait Eurovision? Yeah, like the Eurovision movie, or yeah. And he loved Eurovision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think he loved Eurovision. I don't know if he posted something on like this was like a story reply or something. It's not like we were having like a deep conversation behind your back. And I was just like, wait, or maybe you asked me, I don't know, something. And I was just replying to something. And then I got a reply back like, yes, this is the budget we're thinking. Oh, my goodness. He's very (laughs) blunt and direct. And it comes across. I just think it's hilarious. But he looks at your stories all the time, Happy, or I'll be doing something on my phone. And he's like, wait, what's that? And it's almost always a story of that you have posted of somewhere in Iceland. And I'll, so I'll like pause the story and be like, oh, this is from Happy. This is like looking outside of her window or this is like from somewhere in Reykjavik. And he's like, oh, we got to move to Iceland. So I'm happy <laughs> that I have him on board with this uh, because this will, it's obviously a lot easier to do this with someone if they are on board and you're not like kidnapping them. <laughs> yes, yes. I will say mm-hmm. there are several reasons that I cannot move to Iceland currently. (laughs) I mean, pets aside, I don't know if I can move all of my pets to Iceland. No, they have to be quarantined for like three months. Yeah, that's this is too much. I can't handle the separation. Oh, it's it's, (laughs) not to mention the dogs couldn't handle the separation. They get ruined by that. Yeah, it's so sad. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, for one reason, I wouldn't be able to move to Iceland for that. The more a uh, real reason that I cannot move to Iceland this year is because I'm having a baby this year. <gasps> ah, little Haley baby. Yes, and Happy knew before this call. <laughs> that was quite the reaction for someone who's known for months. <laughs> I appreciate it. But like the podcast hasn't known. I am like the hype yeah. machine for our listeners who, well, yes. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And I know some listeners are are already in the loop and they have sent me some really lovely messages because I have shared this this news on my personal Instagram, but that obviously not everyone is in touch with us across all of the various social medias. So we wanted to mention it here, but 2021 is going to be a very different year for me for very many reasons, but one of them being that I am having a baby in May. Yay, baby, baby. I'm so excited. <laughs> Yes. 
podcast. We are all very excited. I think I'm just speaking in the we in the granted sense. I think like everyone is so excited for you. The royal we. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. No, I'm really excited. So that is a big part of of my year which uh, we will talk about after this. But I also just want to quickly mention, so I am going to be taking a family leave from work. Of course, I'm lucky. I say lucky, even though I personally believe the family leave should be available for absolutely everyone. This is a different conversation. But the U.S. is one of the rare exceptions of a country that does not mandate maternity leave or family leave in general. So in the U.S., With that context, I am lucky that I'm taking family leave from work. And so I will be off work for about three months. So I just want to give everyone that heads up, but also the news that the podcast will continue. (laughs) We will talk about that later. But just we have had like a couple of questions about this. We're going to get to this later in the show. But Mm -hmm. the podcast is still happening, even though I am having a baby. So for anyone that was wondering about that, we'll just answer that question right now. And we'll get into more details a little bit later. So New Year, first episode of the year. Very exciting. Mm -hmm. And as we usually do in the first episode of the year, we are going to talk about our plan for the year a little bit through the theme of the year. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know uh, a theme of the year, I feel like in recent years, this has become more and more common. I feel like people are turning their backs a little bit on New Year's resolutions. Rightfully so. On account of them not being the great at doing what they <laughs> promise. Anyway, so there's this idea of having a theme for the year and we kind of came across this from the Cortex podcast and they have really built this out from something they just kind of talked about. It's actually interesting. I don't know if you know this, Haley, but I've been listening through the back catalog of Cortex. Mm, you have told me that. And I, I was just listening to the episode where like one of them is having his first theme of the year. Oh, and so it it was interesting to listen to it because it was very raw and new to them. So what's really interesting now it's they have really built on it. I think this episode is from maybe like twenty seventeen, so that was a few years ago, and now they have kind of gone a lot further with it. Now they have like created a vid or one of them has created a video that explains what a theme is and they have put a lot of effort into creating this journal where you can kind of track your theme throughout the year. Yeah. So if you want to talk maybe a little bit more about it, I just... That is cool. We have known about the idea of having a yearly theme for a while. And so there are a couple of episodes that I'll link to where we either talk about our themes or we talk about what we're doing for the year and then like maybe later come up with a theme. But I do think that we've both... Would I be right in saying this is the third year for both of us to have a theme? Is that does that sound correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we've both been aware of this system. And the idea is just resolutions. I I personally struggled a lot with resolutions for a really long time, which is sort of the thing that most people will do or used to be the popular thing to do at the beginning of the year is I'm going to set a resolution. It's highly problematic to just say, oh, I'm going to stop doing this or I'm going to start doing this without putting any systems in place and to just expect that to change at the beginning of the year because it's a new year. I have fallen into this trap and learned from it. This is why I'm so keen on goals. Goals really work for me. But the theme of the year is really interesting. So it's this more broad 
speaking, I am going to create a theme for my year and then while I make decisions throughout the year, keep this theme in mind. So instead of making a specific plan for this is exactly how I'm going to spend the year, it's more so a this is the direction I want the year to take. And right now I think that roughly looks like this, but that could change and maybe it'll look a little bit different throughout the year. It's it's very cool. It's a very cool system. And then the, yeah, so the creators of or the, I mean, the the two who are in the Cortex podcast, there's a video that we'll link to, and then there is a theme system journal that they have created. So they've created this theme system journal where you can spend the year, you write down your themes, and then you spend the year sort of working towards being, feeling better about your theme, and then journaling your your thoughts and like keeping track of what you're focused on throughout the year. So I have this journal this year. I'm really excited about it. I think what I would say, Habby, is I think that you and I, we were really excited about this idea when we first heard it. And it's so interesting to me to hear that in their original episodes, they were a little bit more blurry on this too. I think that just happens sometimes with ideas. Mm-hmm. And so we definitely use these as rough guidelines when we first set ours. And, you know, we'll link to those old episodes if you want to listen to them. And we've sort of done done it our own way over the year. And I think that we still kind of are doing this our own way. And I wouldn't say... I wouldn't say that it's because our way is better. It's just because we are different in the way that we think about our years. And I think even in the video, they talk about you should make this your own. And so there are, if you want to set up a theme exactly the way that they have outlined it, you can absolutely do that. Or you can you can use them as rough guidelines, which is sort of what we've been doing. Yeah, and I think like the very nature of it is that it is broad so like one of the examples in the video is like instead Haley, i mean this in no personal uh, <laughs> attack way but like so instead of saying i want to read 100 books this year you would have a year of reading so yes maybe you identify that like you just don't like books or you prefer audiobooks or you prefer something else but you're still kind of learning or educating yourself so you're kind of on theme even though the kind of execution isn't really what you set out from the outset yeah so I think that's like a really powerful way of thinking about it that it's if if it's framed in the right way it's almost impossible to fail because you can just map it over to what is happening in your life which also this is one of the things I don't like about goals is I feel like if you're really specific with your goals often you don't have all the context or you don't have all the information when you're Mm. setting them so if you're setting something that is really specific or let's say read a hundred books and then halfway through the year, you, I don't know, lose your Kindle or something, you know? So like it doesn't account for things not going your way. Yeah. And so what I like about the theme is that often I feel like a resolution is like, I'm going to lose 50 pounds with like no plan. And so you're basically, yeah, absolutely. You've set yourself up to fail. Even if you lose weight, you still haven't lost the weight you wanted to. Or even if you start eating healthier, you're not celebrating that milestone because like that is a big deal to change out your diet. So by not having it, and I know anyone who works in the business world is always told goals should be specific and they should be measurable and you have to know like what you're looking to achieve. And the theme is almost like because it's not for a business, it's for a person. It is almost like a complete 180 to that. It's like have it something that like resonates with you, have it something that makes sense to you. And have it almost like a North Star that can kind of guide you. And then even if things kind of change or whatever, 
like you can still have that North Star and now you're just on a slightly different path, but you're still following into that kind of general direction. Yeah, I think that's a really good description of it. Yeah, for my brain, this resonates a lot more. The kind of, I don't like goals to begin with. (laughs) (laughs) We have had this conversation. (laughs) And like the resolution thing, it just seems, I don't know. I just, I see so many of my friends You know, it's like you get your hopes up. And especially I feel like what is extra cruel about resolutions, especially so many of them are like health related. And then so often you start the new year and like you've had a party the night before and like you're not (laughs) feeling super sharp. So it's just like (laughs) such a bad way to start. So even if you are in general healthy, you're still kind of anyway. So I just always find that really amusing that people are like, oh, I'm like, you know, going to be super clean and the next year and then start the year waking up late, you know, anyway, I just always find that a little bit amusing. Yeah, I will say so I will say that I think themes of the year probably resonate with a lot more people than goals do, which is awesome. And then I think the other component to this, so themes are broad, and they're supposed to help you as you're making decisions or as you go through the year, they can kind of take shape depending on how your year goes, because you never know. You don't really know how the year's going to go. 2020 taught us all that. You cannot (laughs) make these predictions of how your year is going to go. And I think the other component to this that I'll mention is when people are talking about, because the goal of the theme, the way they talk about it is making positive life change. And if you're trying to make positive life change, like for example, the example that you gave, Abby, instead of a resolution, like I'm going to lose 50 pounds this year or whatever it might be, they talk about doing the year of health and just What does that look like? You're going to to figure it out throughout the year. And I think the other component that I'll add to this is habits, in my opinion. I think that a lot of my goals were around creating habits, Mm -hmm. which is an interesting thing to reflect on. And maybe we can get into that another time. But I do think, you know, I've had different goals that aren't always that. But I do think a lot of my goals are about putting systems in place. Like I'm going to put systems in place, create habits to reach this goal. And so even if I don't exactly reach that goal, but I've set up Mm. the system, I've still like won in a sense, like I have made positive life change and themes are just another way to do that. Or you can do both. But I will mention whenever I talk about habits, I have to share the Atomic Habits book by James Clear because that is the ultimate (laughs) book on if you're trying to create new habits. Yeah, and I also just want to make it really clear that like if resolutions are like your jam, that is obviously great. I'm always just glad when people know what works for them. I just think the general consensus is that often it's not very effective. Yeah. And, you know, people could be using resolutions differently than the examples that we've given. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Maybe they're using resolutions more like the idea that we're sharing with theme of the year. That's totally possible too. And I've even heard like some people have as a resolution of just what is something I want to achieve this year. And, you know, if you're coming out of high school that could just be to start college and if the, if that's how you see a resolution i actually think that is really like a beautiful intention to sad and i think that is just really nice and so if you're using it in like a in that kind of way where it's not setting yourself up for failure i think that is like amazing but i just know for me resolutions just they 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 don't do anything for me yeah yep me either and i a big part of the population also <laughs> yeah. so we have both set new themes for 2021 and 
Yeah, Happy, I'd love to. We we don't know each other's themes. We reveal oh. them on the podcast. Oh and it has made it a little difficult to plan the episode <laughs> at one point. <laughs> at one point, at like four different points. At four different points, it made it a little <laughs> bit difficult. But it's always worth it because I enjoy learning about this on the show. So, Javi, what is your theme of the year for 2021? Or rather, can you tell us about your theme of the year and whatever information comes with that? <laughs> Okay, so I'm glad we opened the show or kind of opened the show. I had a section follow up about how last year is just kind of like a blur for me because there's no way for me to talk about my theme of the year for 2021 without kind of reflecting on 2020. Yeah. So for anyone who didn't hear on last episode or the original episode where we talked about our theme for 2020 is my my theme of the year for 2020 was to have the year of intention. I feel like where I was at at the start of 2020 is I felt overwhelmed. And so the year of intention was about how do I spend my time intentionally? How do I really decide, yes, I want to do this. No, I don't want to do this. And how do I do things not out of sense of obligation or just because I was invited somewhere, but how do I choose how to spend my time. Mm. So this was kind of a summary of my year of 2020. We talked about it a little bit last episode, so I'm not going to go like super deep into it. And I didn't use this metaphor at the time because it didn't really, it has more relevance to this theme than that one, but I think it still kind of will help paint a picture. So if you don't mind a metaphor, if we imagine that, you know, my life or, you know, anyone's life like a little plot of land, like a little garden, if you will. I felt like at the start of 2020, my garden, it had like some nice plants and trees and, you know, all the good stuff. But I just felt like it was getting really overgrown with like weeds and things were like kind of creeping into my life that were just not, you know, so I really needed to like implement some boundaries. Yeah. So what I realized is that I just had things in my life that I kind of needed to weed out. And I know this sounds like really brutal, but it was just the reality of the situation. Yeah. So, and I think this is like bringing up the Enneagram again. I think this is like a typical pitfall, like a type seven falls into. It's like they over, like they spread themselves too thin. And that was exactly kind of the situation I was in. Yeah. So that was my situation coming into the 2020 year. I don't know if y'all heard, but <laughs> 2020 did an excellent job of clearing out my schedule entirely, <laughs> which was good in a way that meant like a lot of the kind of toxic things that I didn't want in my life anymore absolutely did get removed. But I also just feel like a lot of other stuff also got removed that I didn't necessarily want to have removed so I feel like my little my little garden my little plot of land just had nothing <laughs> it was pretty bare it had like a little bit you know I had my family and you know I had you know yeah work and everything but it was just it it kind of it was like a hurricane came through and it just like left everything kind of in ruins and so now it's basically time to kind of rebuild because a lot of things just kind of got taking out entirely. Yeah. So that is kind of how I feel coming into 2021 is I feel like while it was good for me to kind of tone down a little bit my schedule, taking it down to absolutely nothing is 
also not good. <laughs> so yeah. it makes, you know, my type, you know, I know the pandemic and everything is different for everyone for different reasons, but like for someone who gets energy from social interactions, it's pretty difficult to have just absolutely everything removed. Yeah. And so I'm now looking at this plot of land and I'm thinking like, what is it that I want to prioritize? Because I am starting with a pretty clean slate. Like I, you know, that's just the situation. And what I realized is in 2020, because it was such a whirlwind, I was working, I was seeing my family, but I wasn't attending to myself. I was like, my health suffered both from like that social aspect. I know like seeing your friends categorizing that as health is maybe like a little bit of a stretch, but in the broadest possible sense, just keeping like your life in balance. That's kind of what I mean by health. And I realized my life was yeah pretty lopsided. It was because the move took so much out of me. And then I was so focused on work and then my family, everything else kind of got just put aside. And I just realized I wasn't making time for my health. I wasn't on in a good routine. And I think this has come up on the show before. Like I really need to be in a good place to like make sure my sleep schedule is good, make sure my diet is good, make sure my exercise is good. And what I've now realized is like having a social calendar that like makes any kind of sense for my preference. It's just that it's literally a part of my health. I get like energy from seeing people and yeah. That makes total sense to me. Yeah. So that whole side of me like needs nurturing. And then what was really interesting is because, and I feel like I'm okay to talk about it, but like, because this move was so dramatic as this kind of come up, I decided to start seeing someone to kind of help me get through it because I like, I didn't just want to, I just wanted to do it the right way. So I just thought like, this is really overwhelming. This is more than like the daily stoic and a walk can handle. (laughs) So I started seeing like a therapist just to be like, everything in my life is different now. Like, do you have any recommendations? And one of the things we identified is because my old job gave me a lot of space for attending to like my creative side. I, I had a lot of autonomy. I could do a lot of writing. A lot of it was like coming out in my own name. And that was like a really big part of my job. And it kind of kept me fulfilled on that side. And obviously we do the podcast, which also attends to this side. But I, I kind of mentioned writing to her and she was like, oh, if you're not getting that fulfilled from your work, you have to set aside special time to attend to that. Because if you're that kind of person who likes, you know, writing or needs it just to kind of find balance in your life, if you're not getting it from work, you need to set aside time for that specifically. Um, So to sum up all of this, and Haley, please let me know if anyone got lost along the way. (sighs) I'm following. Okay, that's good. At least one. So my focus for 2021 was to kind of attend to those two things. My health, which includes like the social and just having like a balanced schedule. And then the second is like that that schedule includes like a little creative corner somewhere. Mm, I like creative corner. Do you like it? Do you, are you following? Yes. Is everyone caught up to speed? Following. Okay. Okay. So then, and I feel like I made jokes with about your framing of a theme a few years ago because I thought I was like a little bit like in the clouds. Um, <laughs> and I think this one is the year 
for me. <laughs> the throwback was it was the year of inner peace. I was going through a really stressful year. I was trying to have a peaceful year. And you just, yeah, you thought it was quite a funny framing. I'm excited that, okay, I'm excited to hear your theme now with yeah. that in mind. So I feel like now is my turn to have something that was a little bit like, you know, hippie and up in the up in the clouds a little bit. But so I, I was, I actually did this in like my artist way workbook for like no particular reason nice. because I just found like a blank page there somewhere and I scribbled these notes and the, this by the way I decided this probably back in like November because I was just really aware of you know this balance in my life and I felt like everything was a bit lopsided and I was like okay what are the two things I really need to focus on and it came up with like health and kind of creative those were the two things and I thought like okay what is a framing that like kind of summarizes those two points and I did this like word dump of just like what are words that kind of capture that and I started looking at like all the definitions and you know trying to see what really captured what I was looking for and one stood out to me because it used a lot of the like from the definition in the dictionary it had a lot of the same descriptions of, or characteristics as a type seven for the Enneagram Ooh. And because I feel like my type seven really suffered in 2020 because of everything we know, the word that ended up being my theme of the year is flourishing. Ooh. So it's like the year of flourishing. And to go back to the garden, I feel like all the weeds are gone and I have a couple of little plants or trees. And now is the time to kind of plant some more things and kind of make it nice. And what I really like about this theme is that it's like really built in this like nurturing and kind of reflective and like because at some like you have to just let it grow. So it's a lot like trust the process. You can like plant stuff, but then you have to wait and you have to water it and you have to make sure no weeds come back up. So you kind of have to be protective over it. Yeah. And so for me, like the flourishing year flourishing, it just really resonated as something for me to kind of be able to prioritize, you know, things that are hard to make time for. It's hard to say no to seeing a friend or seeing a family member because you want to sit and write for an hour. But that is exactly what I sacrificed in 2020. And it really did come at a cost. Mm. So that is my theme of the year. I love it. I'm not going to make fun of you for <laughs> for this. I think it's perfect. It's amazing that you found something that fits the two sides of the coin that you were looking at, the the health and the creativity mm -hmm. and your specific version of what health and creativity looks like for you mm -hmm. this year in one word. I think that's amazing. What I liked about it is that like the vocabulary used for like a type seven and for like the flourishing is like being bold and being... You know, it's it's kind of it has this strong language that I'm like, I guess these are kind of true about me, even though sometimes I don't necessarily want to live up to it. Mm, yeah. So it's like a little bit extra. <laughs> I think that is maybe how I would put it. <laughs> it's like being a little bit extra. I love it. Yeah. Wow. I'm excited for you. This is going to be a really cool theme this year. One thing I did, I feel like I went way extra, which I feel like is so on theme, actually, <laughs> is because of like everything that has changed in my life and everything being just like different. I feel like I was so ready for just like a clean slate on everything. Mm -hmm. So, and what I like about the flourishing theme is that it is such a, like a rich, it, it is so easy to create any kind of visuals for it. You know, like you can just 
picture of a flower yeah. and a flower emoji, like anything can represent the theme. And so I created backgrounds for my laptop. I created like little uh, systems in my OmniFocus that have like flowers to remind me of the theme. So there's just like it's just sparkles of flowers everywhere. Oh, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. All the visual representation of your theme around you. Mm-hmm. That's so nice. Yeah, it's really nice. And I'm really enjoying. And do you use spaces on the Mac? You know, so you can move the screen oh. from one to the next? Not really. Anyway, I do that. And then I had like different flowers and I wrote like what each space was oh, for. So okay. like one is for focus and one is for like communications and everything. So it's like, oh, it's really, it's, it's like saccharine almost. I like it a lot. I think it's going to be healthy for me this year. You already have a lot of this set up. Yeah. And you have had this theme for a while. I remember mm-hmm. that you were talking about having your theme for a little while, or at least having the idea for your theme for a little while. I had the word from probably November. And then I had the backgrounds wow. on my Mac from like as soon as I went on Christmas break, I like changed all my desktop backgrounds. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. All right. So that is my theme of the year. I like it a lot. I'm excited for you. I'm glad I get the Haley thumbs up. That means a lot. Yeah. I th- I appreciate that this has been done with extras. I appreciate that there's <laughs> there are backgrounds involved, that you've had this for a little while. It sounds like you really started the year off on a really good note with this. So thank you. Yeah. yeah. I very much approve. Oh, yay. That makes me so excited. Okay. So I think we're ready for your theme now, though. Okay. I also have a little bit of backstory, sort of, to mine, <laughs> but not in not the same way. I I am in a really interesting place this year. For obvious reasons. So 2021, my life is going to change in ways I'm sure I don't even know about yet that I cannot know about yet with having a baby and with going on family leave and yet yeah, raising a small human and being in charge of keeping them alive. <laughs> I think that that is just very, very different for me. So something I always do at the end of the year is I do a reflection on the last year and then I use that reflection, like the momentum from like what went well, what didn't go well, what do I want to improve to set goals and sort of set the theme for the next year. I've been doing this for so, so long. I have this one notebook that just has, I think I've talked about this before. I have this one notebook that just has like the year's reflections and the year's goals and then the plan for that and then the year's reflections and the year's goals. So I've been using, I think, the same notebook since 2016, maybe 2015, and it's all in there because I just need a couple of pages for each one. So it all fits into one nice little notebook. And this year I did the reflection and looking back at 2020 and and sort of all those things. And then when it came time to look forward for 2021, I was like, nope, I am not setting any goals this year. I can't because oh, wow. I have no idea what this year is going to look like. It's just so different. So I think that I really leaned into theme of the year more this year than other years because I can get behind a theme. I can get behind having something that provides a little bit of direction versus I don't feel comfortable setting goals when so much is up in the air. Mm -hmm. So with that context, I have two themes. (laughs) So the first theme for me is I'll just 
I guess I'll just say it and then explain it. The first theme for me is not a, a theme for the whole year. It is a theme from now until when I have the baby. And so it's a, a season of preparing. That's the theme. Nice. I love that. I Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to prepare like in so many aspects, not just getting our home ready, but mentally getting ready, emotionally getting ready, physically getting ready for having a baby and then for raising a baby and for getting home. There's just a lot to do. And who I am, my personality type, I need to feel somewhat prepared so that I can remain calm. If I feel like I'm preparing, I am in a good place. I'm in like a good space in my life. So for January to May, my I'm in a season of of preparing. Oh, I love that so much. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you like it. The the like the part two, so they go, they very much go hand in hand. The part two is sort of for the whole year, it really kicks into gear after having the baby, but it is sort of the whole year, I've realized. And so like the for the year of 2021, the whole year theme for me is the year of adapting. Nice. And I would say that's the opposite of my last year's theme, which was the year of routine, <laughs> where I was trying to get everything in exactly the way that I wanted to do it. And I did have a lot of success with that. And I set up all of my routines and things like that. And I have just, we, we've talked about this too, like a strength of mine is discipline. Mm -hmm. I don't think that even though this baby is my child, a strength of this baby's is going to be routine <laughs> necessarily. <laughs> what? I am just highly aware of that. So I am prepared, like I'm going to do preparing because it puts my, my mind at ease and I'm going to start the year with lots of preparing. And then the idea for me with adapting is just like be ready for all planning to go out the window and to have to do things on the fly. And then also I'm just more than adapting to have a baby. Like I've also been adapting myself for the last little while. I realized where like my my exercise looks very different now mm -hmm. because I'm pregnant. And there's so many things like work looks different and I can still sit at my desk for now, but eventually I might not fit at my desk anymore. So I might have to work <laughs> somewhere else. So there's also just this adapting on like the me side of like adapting to to working and to doing the things that I want to be doing and then adapting to having a baby and having everything change. Oh, I think that's really, I think that's just really beautiful. And I think it's really smart for you to be like, okay, I find it hard to change things because I want to be routine, but by making it the theme centered on like making the changes go smoothly. I think that's just like a really smart way to frame it and think about it. Thank you. I'm, I'm really excited. I've already had a lot of success with the season. I'm calling this one a season because it's a shorter term theme. I love, I, I think that's my favorite part. It's just so <laughs> good because it's just, yeah, it is a season of preparedness. Yeah. I'm already having a lot of success with the season of preparing. So I, I this is why this works so much better for goals than me, because I think if I were to list out goals and like a list of all the things I want to prepare, it would be a really long list mm -hmm. and it would be really overwhelming. And so it's easier for me to just be like, I am in a season of preparing. So like yesterday, my husband and I went through and prepared uh, all of the things that we think that we'll need in the nursery. But that wasn't like on my task list for the day. It was mm -hmm. just like when I feel like preparing, I can prepare and start to like, what are the things that I need to feel prepared? And I think some of them I don't even know that I need yet. That's the idea behind a theme instead of instead of goals. I'm also reading 
books, but instead of my goal being to read all of these books, my goal is just to feel prepared. So I've started reading a book and then I didn't like it and I put it down instead of being like, oh, well, my goal is to finish books. So I need to finish this book. I was like, "Mm, this book isn't helping me feel prepared, so I'm not going to read it. That's great. This, I think, is the perfect value of a theme as well. Yeah. Because it is like this guiding North Star, whatever you want to call it, in these million tiny little decisions. And I swear this theme, so to pull the curtain back a little bit, we're recording this like a week into January. And I already woke up and was getting ready for work one morning. And I decided to use the fancy face creams I have because I was like, this will help me be flourishing today. Because this is the kind of stuff I don't prioritize, especially when I'm just like working from home. And I think it's like those little decisions like that. You're like, this book is not helping me. Let me put it down. Like, this is the morning I want to use the fancy cream. You know, like these are not goals. These are not big life moments. But, you know, life is made up of all these tiny little decisions. So I I really like that. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing I realized is just there are a lot of decisions for me to make in this Mm-hmm. moment in in my life more than other years. And so it's more helpful to have a general guiding North Star than it is to have a plan that I will never be able to put together fully because mm-hmm. I don't know all of the things. Like despite, you know, obviously I have a lot of people in my life that have kids and people, friends and family close to me that I can talk to about having kids, but it's never the same. Everyone has different experiences and you sort of... yeah. I personally learned that the hard way. Oh my god! <laughs> I um to yeah to share like a a snippet more than I think maybe we usually talk about. I when I first became pregnant, I thought like, great, this is great. My life is just going to be the same until I have the baby now. And I'm sure that the people out there who have children are like rolling at this. But I was just like, cool, I'm just going to spend these next nine months preparing and getting ready and living life as I normally do. And then I'll have the baby and then things will change. That's what was going on in my head. And then the first trimester of pregnancy came in and hit me in the face. And I yeah. personally had a lot of morning sickness. I, t- I had to take time off of work. I like, it was a whole thing. It was just not what I expected. I was like, I'm going to have a smoothie every morning. And then it was like, there were two foods that I could stomach for t- like more than two months. So it was it definitely my expectations versus the reality of what it's like <laughs> to be pregnant. And it's one of those things that is just different for everyone. Like some people, I have friends who've had no morning sickness at all. And that's like, great. I am thrilled for them. I don't wish this on anyone. But I think I just realized early on that my idea of like the ideal scenario where I just work as normal and do everything as normal and live my life as normal. And then I have a baby and then things change was so unrealistic. <laughs> so I think that is... That is really where year of adapting came from is I think there's a lot of internal work that I need to do to personally just be okay with how much change is going on in my life. Like I am very excited. My husband and I are thrilled. We can't wait to have this baby. It's just not my strength. Adapting is maybe not always my strength. Like routine is my strength and discipline is my strength and planning and all of these things. And adapting, like I have gone through a lot of adapting in my life, I think, but I'm just, it always takes me more effort. I am aware of this. I operate best when everything is in a routine and when I have to adapt on the fly, it just takes more energy from me. It's more decisions for me to be making. It's yeah, change sometimes is really draining too. So I think 
Yeah, I think that this will be a good mindset to be in just to like really be mentally prepared. I think you're already coming out of hat since you already know this now. I feel like that is just great. Yeah. And I'm really excited to have the theme system journal. I think this is going to be I think this is going to be the year that it's very successful for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like looking because I wrote out my themes in there. And so I one of my for the year of preparing is like ask for help. Don't try and do everything alone. And then one of my other ones, though, was like, read, learn and absorb, but don't obsess. (laughs) And so I just like I have made this very knowing myself to me, which I really like. And like, again, these aren't goals. My goal isn't absorb like that's not a goal is. Yeah, it's just like a guiding theme, which I really like. That's amazing. Yeah, I I feel like it's so clear as well. And yeah, so. I just, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I think that's a really good theme. I think it's like a really smart, and I like the part one and the part two. I think that makes a lot of sense. And also, if case listeners can't decide, I can't wait for a little baby Haley. Um, (laughs) It's, this is what I called it in my mind, even though Haley has, I don't know if I'm allowed to say on this show that the name Haley is maybe not the top of the list she will pick for her own baby. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not the top of the list. By the way, I don't think we've mentioned this. I'm having a girl. That's why having you saying little baby Haley. (laughs) I I just mean it as like, it is your little baby, but it's like, it doesn't sound as cute. Yeah. So that's just how I mean it. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds so funny. It's like little baby Haley. It just, it just fits. I like it. Everyone has, everyone in my life has different nicknames for the baby already, which I really appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> None as good as mine, I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, no one has named it little baby Haley. That's for sure. Yours is unique. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I feel like you didn't include, though, I don't know if that's too much information, that little baby Haley was exactly on curve, which was delightful. As a, oh, even yeah. though you're doing the year of uh, adaption. Yeah, even though I am ready for <laughs> the year of adapting. Um, and so, I mean, I don't know. We're, this is not going to be a podcast where we talk about pregnancy all the time. Just <laughs> This is the one, this is one of the moments where it makes sense for, for this to be a part of the conversation. And, it, you know, obviously my life is going to change a lot. So I think that will be, it'll come up, but... That we won't talk about like this level of detail so often. <laughs> but I, um, yeah, I had very much so happy is an Enneagram type seven. I'm an Enneagram t- type three, which is the achiever. I like for everything to be. Uh, I like to achieve things. I like to get things done. I like to feel like I have completed things. That is like one of my favorite things. And at one of my prenatal appointments, the nurse was a little bit surprised. And she told me that usually this is the appointment where they adjust people's due date because the baby is growing either faster or slower. And so, you know, most people, their due date is, it's almost always a guess, but then we're at the stage where they can say, oh, based on how big your baby is, roughly this. And she told me, oh, your baby is exactly on track to where she needs to be (laughs) to hit her due date. And I had like the most Enneagram three moment in that room with the nurse. I was like, oh, wow, I'm so excited. Like, I'm so proud of her already. My unborn child's accomplishments. So she she is on track, which is exciting. My preference would be if she could send me a Google Calendar invite to when she wants to arrive so that I can be really prepared. Obviously, Babies don't do that. They show up when they want to show up. Um, But yeah, so far she has been on track in her appointments. So I don't know. We'll see. It's different. It's so different for everyone. Everyone says this to me. 
And so I'm just one of those people now experiencing it myself. I'm like, oh, yeah, it is so different for everyone. You can't predict anything. One of my friends at the end of 2020, she had her baby on her due date. And I was like, I'm so (laughs) jealous. Do we talk about theme for the podcast or do we just talk about plans for 2021 with the podcast? Or what do we do? Just just plans for 2021 because we didn't make a theme of the podcast this year. I'm like, no, I feel like we realized that a theme is more for like a person. Yeah, it didn't really suit the podcast. Although, you know, we had fun and we usually got like an emoji of the year out of it. But I feel like the, the year of action was the best one for the podcast. I agree. No, the year of smooth sailing. I mean, the year of smooth sailing and the little sail- oh, year of smooth sailing and the little sailboat emoji. The little sailboat. Yeah, that was my favorite for the podcast. I liked the bumblebee emoji, but yeah, the year of smooth sailing was the best one. And I feel like that also like we like internalized it and like used it for us. But we did. Yeah, I think the same thing happened for the year of action. Yeah. So what? Yeah. What do we have planned for the podcast now that we have this big news? Make work work in 2021. What does it mean? Yeah. And, you know, we alluded to this in the beginning, but we have had we have had people ask if we're going to keep doing the show. And I like we've had people ask both of us. So I don't think it's just because I'm pregnant that people are asking that. But we did just want to be really explicit that we are still doing (laughs) the show and we are still planning on continuing to do make work work throughout the entirety of 2021. Yeah. The season of preparing extends to the show. Oh, yeah. I think that's what we can say. Yes. We are also preparing for the fact that (laughs) I will be on a family leave. So just know that that is is in the works. I think the thing, too, reflecting on the podcast, sometimes I can't believe we have been doing this show for three and a half years now. Like, I... Mm struggle with that amount of time. And we've been working on the show for much longer than that. We were working on the show for almost a year before it went live. So we have been working on this for a really long time. And that's one of the many reasons that we're continuing to do the show is that we are committed to this work. We like making the show Mm -hmm. and we know that our listeners get value from it. We get amazing feedback from people who listen to this show telling us about the things that they've changed in their lives or the things that they're reading or different things that they've done because of listening to this show. So I think this is not something that either of us want to take off of our plates anytime soon. No, absolutely. And I think 2020, what it showed to me with the podcast, we kind of, our conversation before was kind of like about my personal year, but I feel like for the podcast, reflecting on it, I feel like 2020 was a turning point for us. Yeah. It was a year where, like two big things happened is we started making revenue from the show, which is like for anyone who's ever done any business or anything, it's always like the hardest to go from like zero dollars to one dollar. Like <laughs> it's it's easier to grow a revenue when you already have some revenue. It's really hard to go from like nothing to something. And so I feel like that was a really, really exciting thing for us. And yeah. Also, the other thing that happened that for me personally was a pretty big deal was to get validation, you know, by way of the mentorship program from somebody who has been in the industry, who's like a leader in the industry. Oh, my God, Haley, can I tell you like a little sidebar? Yeah, but wait, hold on. First, the mentorship program that we're talking about is just for anyone who maybe this is their first episode listening or or doesn't remember, we are in a podcast mentorship program that is run by Mike Hurley, who is the co-founder of Relay FM. Mm-hmm. One of the shows that he runs is Cortex, which we've talked about a million times. Yeah. But yes, what is your sidebar? 
Okay, so my sidebar, I swear, Haley, this has happened to me twice now where I'm talking to, a, I don't know, like, you know, I have a lot of friends who are like starting a business or running a business or are freelancers or something like that. I feel like I have a lot of that kind of people in my life. And because I've been around that for so long, I feel like I know just that world. And twice specifically have I said to a person, like, you need to listen to this episode of Cortex, like off the Cortex podcast. And it is about, it's for like when a person is like running a business and suddenly things get a lot busier or, and they need to start thinking about hiring someone. Mm. There's like a specific episode where Gray like builds out this like org chart and I like never remember the number and I always have to look it up. I think it's number like 27 or something. And I'm like, this is the episode. We will include it in the show notes. Yeah, we'll include a link. And I'm like, this is the episode you need to listen to. And it always depends on just like exactly what the person told me. I'm like, this is the problem you have. You need to listen to this episode of this podcast. And often they haven't heard about it or don't know it or whatever. And so I always have to explain the podcast as well. So this first happened maybe like three or four years ago in London and I said this to my friend like really forcefully I was like you need to listen to this episode of this podcast <laughs> and she did and then the next time I saw her she was like happy 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 I like did what you said and I like spent the whole weekend like drawing out you know my business blah blah and it was like really cool and I was like yay that's exactly what you-. and it like really helped her like boosted her and then the same thing happened over the holidays where I met my friend and she was talking about like 17 different avenues of her business she needed to attend to. Ooh. And I was like, you need to listen to this episode of the podcast. You need to do this like organizational chat, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you need to listen. You need to listen to it. And then because they didn't know the Cortex podcast, I like we're sitting together because Iceland is amazing and COVID isn't so bad now. So we could sit next to each other. And I she's like opening it on her phone and I have to like explain what it is because she doesn't know. And what was really cool, because when I explained it last time in this exact same setting was like three or four years ago, is because the show, like their show has grown so much. It's actually really cool to see like their arc. And like I can say now, I'm like, they are really successful. They're doing really well. And like, this is their journey of building their business. So you can like know that whatever they're talking about, like it plays out, you know, in like a good way. Mm. Yeah. So like that was a super cool thing. And I was like, Gray makes 30 grand a month on Patreon. And I was like able to include all this, like they know what they're talking about. Like this is really good stuff. And then Haley, then I was like, oh, and I guess I have to mention that Mike Hurley is my mentor. (laughs) And I was like, that was the first time I kind of said that. Oh my gosh. Out loud to a person because it kind of mattered. And I was like, so cool. Oh, wow. And it hit me like kind of then I was like, oh my God, like that is, we obviously were excited about it from day one, but it was such a different situation to, to, to say it like that. Wow. Anyway, I, this is a sidebar. This was the sidebar. I love it. Yeah. Anyway, so (laughs) where were we? It, well, yeah, so the two things this year have been that we made revenue for the first time and that we got into this mentorship program by Mike Hurley, which is amazing. We were both a really big fan of his work. So it has really, it. I think I agree with you. It was a turning point for us. And I think it has really encouraged us to find a way to make the show make sense financially, mm-hmm. which is why we turned Make Work Work into a business. And then we're seeing this 
small but exciting revenue from ad sales and listener support, which is very exciting. Yeah. And we have, Haley. I feel like Haley, you're kind of on the management side of this, but we have like an LLC, which sounds super fancy to me. We are an LLC. We're in the, in the US, which is really exciting. Yeah. So having reached this turning point for us in 2020, now, you know, when you have a business, you have to make it make business sense. So what we're thinking about is how will we do that? And what's really nice about Anchor is that they have these, I'm sure some listeners have heard them like spliced in ads that we've used. But then also, and we already saw this, we have listeners supporting us directly. And that to me personally, and I think Kaylee agrees, even though I don't want to put a word in your yeah, mouth, is just... I already agree. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's such a like, a, because we know our listeners get so much value from the show, it's such a, we've done it for like three and a half years. We've never had like long ads on the show or anything. So like, this has always been free for everyone to listen to. And we always obviously want to make it accessible to everyone that way. But to know that people value it enough to, you know, monthly support the show, it is just, it really, really makes the podcast have like a different meaning for us in like a better way. We like worked to get to here and now we're here and that is like really cool and it's really cool that we have a business now yeah very exciting it was a very exciting 2020 for us and we're just excited to keep it up in 2021 and continue to make the this show financially make sense for us so if you want to support the show look for the link in the show notes we would very much appreciate it and then there's still a chance that you might get a mug which we talked about in the last episode, we're sending mugs to the first few folks who subscribe monthly. So that is still a possibility as well and some other little surprises. Yes. And also, if you do support us on the $4.99 amount and you are in the pot for the mug, please make sure to send us your address <laughs> so we yes. can actually then ship you the, the mug. So We can't send you a mug if we don't have your address. <laughs> we don't get that information through Anchor. <laughs> yes. So if you support us on the $4.99 or higher, I think they also have a $9.99 option. We will send a mug to the people who then also provide their address. I feel like that is a critical... I don't know if we made that clear enough last time. We, 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 we will need to receive your address so we can ship the mug to you. Yes. And email us hello at makework.work. And yes. then we will be able to get a mug over to some of you, the first, the first few, and maybe a couple of other surprises for other people. Yes, we do have yeah. a couple of surprises. And okay. Yes. One of the other things, one of the other things we wanted to talk about, we talked about this, we have talked about this a little bit already, just the mentorship program, which is really cool. We do these monthly calls. It has been phenomenal for us. And one of the things, just since we're talking about what 2021 is going to look like for Make Work Work, one of the things we wanted to talk about is that I am editing some episodes of the show this year, which is very new. Habby has been editing the show since the beginning. We have very different splits of the work that we do on the show. And so editing has always fallen to Habby and we just never reassessed that. And so one of our mentorship topics one month was editing. It happened to be a month that I couldn't make that call, but I listened to the call later after Habby asked me to. And after that, we were like, yeah, it makes sense for me to do some editing. So some of the future episodes that you listen to may have been edited by either one of us, which is very exciting for me. Yeah. And that is also just, it's a nice, it's, 
you know, now that we're talking about the business, it is great to be growing the skills overall of, you know, the whole operation, which is just so cool. And I also just think yes. it's, yeah, I'm just so excited. And also, I just want to say a huge thank you to to Mike. I feel like when we signed up, we didn't know how long it would be. It has been at least six months. We already have the next session planned. And I just want to say, you know, he has helped me manage editing better. He has helped us know how to take next steps into having it as a business. So him as a mentor, this was a big goal for us to get a mentor. And like Mike was the dream mentor for us. And that is already just a huge, huge boost for us. So I just wanted to acknowledge that on the show. I feel like that definitely was a highlight of 2020 for me. Yeah. And I'm excited to see like how we will improve and be even better in 2021. Big plus one to all of that. Yes. Okay. So I guess that was kind of like a shout out. That was kind of like a shout out, which is perfect because we have a couple of other shout outs we wanted to make too. (laughs) Yes. Okay. I'll do the first one. One of my friends is listening to all of the Make Work Work episodes in order. You know who you are. Shout out to you. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah, and then another person who is listening to all of the episodes in order is my dad, which is awesome. (laughs) So my dad has been listening to all the Make Work Work episodes, which is very, very sweet. So we wanted to give him a little shout out. And he also happens to be one of the few people who has sent mail to our P.O. box. This is not a request for mail because that address should be not easy to find. Um, (laughs) This isn't like an address that we want people sending mail to or anything like that. But seeing as he's my dad, he he has sent mail to the P.O. box, which is really sweet. So it was fun to, I don't know if we've talked about this heavy since like we were really excited when we first got a P.O. box just because it was so (laughs) businessy and official and it was like, Really, really cool. And I do check the P.O. box regularly. And mostly what's in there is mail that was supposed to go to like previous owners of the P.O. box. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like three different names. So I don't know if like for years and years and it's all junk mail, like it's all flyers. So like I'll be all excited. I've rolled up to the post office. I'm sending mail to my family in Canada or like recently I was sending mail to Abby in Iceland and I'm all like, woohoo. And then I walk over to our cute little P.O. box and I'm like, oh, there's mail in there. And all of it is addressed to some other strangers and none of it is like anything. Like obviously if there is anything that looked important, I would give it back to the post office and be like, this is gotten to the wrong person or if there was forwarding or whatever, but all of it is like spam junk mail. And so <laughs> there's like a monthly almost like cleaning out of our P.O. box now. It's like a physical inbox that I'm managing where there's just <laughs> junk mail in there. <laughs> That's so see, I do the editing and Haley gets to like clean out somebody else's junk mail. Oh, did we share a photo? I do all the business side of things. Yeah, I'm going to be filing our taxes soon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did we? That's so cool, though. That is such a huge thing to get to get to do your taxes as a company. That is like... You sound really excited about this. <laughs> I'm excited you get to do that part. <laughs> this is very much administrative work, in my opinion. But yeah, I mean... I mean, I'm excited that it gets done for the company. <laughs> That's what I mean. I'm excited that it gets done, too. And and then you were saying... we So we have shared a photo of the P.O. box, but we can share another 
little photo of our beautiful P.O. box that we're really excited. Yeah, it looks really nice. I live in an older town, so it's definitely an older yeah. post office. And so it's really charming. You know, I think when you picture a P.O. box, you just picture, at least for me, I just picture like a gray wall of little boxes. But yeah, like a gray square. Yeah, <laughs> this one is adorable. It's so cute. We did a whole like... I took my head, my husband, like, take pictures of me the first time that I got the keys to the P.O. box. So it's I could, so like, open it. <laughs> yeah. So for anyone wondering, it's a legal requirement for our business to have a P.O. box, which is why we have it. And that is clearly the only reason we have it. Well, <laughs> because we're not really soliciting mail. But And then sometimes Haley's family uses it for correspondence. Oh, my goodness. It's OK. But hold on. I just want to edit the it's not a legal requirement for a business to have a P.O. Oh. box. It's a, you need a an address. You need a business address. Yeah. And we didn't want to use my home. So we set oh, up a P.O. Right. box. This was the this was why we did I it. I mean, to me, that is basically a legal requirement because like it would be unacceptable well, for uh, me to have had used your personal home address. Yeah. You need an address for a business. And so, you know, anyways, this is a long <laughs> LLC. There was a lot of research that was done. Yeah. <laughs> See, I get to edit and then Haley gets to deal with all this. <laughs> Except now yeah. she can also edit. <laughs> yeah, wait a second. <laughs> Who is getting the good end of the bargain? Maybe we need to talk about <laughs> these duties splitting this a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm also, if you are receiving a mug, it's coming from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm also mailing out mugs and, and other things. <laughs> to be honest, I'm so bad at these things. If you wouldn't be doing it. I don't know if this, it would not get done, especially now that I'm in Iceland and it's like, oh, you're sending a single postcard. It's going to take eight months. It would not make sense for you to do this. But also, it definitely does just play to strengths. Like, which yeah, is, absolutely. Yeah. Which is the purpose of, of all of this. My least favorite thing in the world is like, oh, I have to go to the post office. Yeah. This is the stuff that gets to the bottom of my list all the time. I am like friends with the people at my local post office because I'm there so often. <laughs> Are you for real? Yeah, like we, I know, uh, you know, I, they've uh, seen me over the last few months as I've been coming in for sending, I sent like Christmas presents to all my family in Canada and I've like sent, there's just like uh, a lot just, of stuff that I'm sending in the mail regularly. And so they've even seen like, they know that I'm pregnant, a couple of them, because <laughs> they've seen my belly growing as I've been coming in over the last oh few months. So yeah, I have some lovely shout out to the USPS workers who work very, very hard. They've had a hard year as well. They deserve a huge yes, shout out. I agree. Yeah. And so yeah. they also are a small part of this podcast by providing <laughs> a P.O. box. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I all I get when I go to the post office is like an eye roll because it's like the day before the package was due to get shipped back. And they're like, why are you only picking it up now? And <sighs> I, I swear, Haley, this is like what fits the worst within my skills and stuff like this. It's like, oh, you have to, even though I, I don't understand why, because it's so simple. You go to a post box, you pick up a thing and then you come back. But it's just like, this is exactly the opposite of my skills. Yeah. I, and I love crossing stuff off of my list. So <laughs> little things like this bring me a lot of joy. This is why Haley does the taxes. <laughs> the taxes, the P.O. box, the business side of things. Yeah, it's it's perfect. Bank accounts. That took yes. like a whole lot of time. Anyways, yeah, I don't think we've ever mentioned that the podcast is a licensed business before. So just a little mm. cheers to that. That was a big milestone that we didn't yeah. necessarily want to talk about until we had more information. But yeah, that was a big milestone for us. That was great. I'm so delighted about the the postbox that gets all the spam. Oh my goodness. It reminds me of when I 
was in the US and I got like a US phone number, even though I was only there for like a little while, I still had to get like a US phone number because it makes no sense to use your foreign number in the United States because it's just like astronomical charges. And because, and I didn't know this till I was in the situation myself, apparently the way the like phone numbers are structured in the US is they don't have enough of them. Have you heard this? Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone in the US has heard this. Maybe for the listeners, you know, in Malaysia and, you know, around the world who are maybe not familiar. So for those people, basically what happens is they don't have enough phone numbers. So as soon as a number goes inactive, it immediately just gets like reshuffled and somebody else gets that phone number. Mm-hmm. And so you could quite easily. So this is what happened to me is whoever had the phone phone number I got assigned before me was like this doctor and my phone kept ringing and I was like I had no friends who had this like US phone number because I just got it and I'm like oh I wonder who's calling me and then it would be like oh is this doctor available and I'm like no (laughs) 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 and those were the only phone calls I got that's hilarious yeah I mean I've heard I I don't think I even have any sources on this I have heard that there's just like a little bit of a shortage of phone numbers, but I have had the same number for like five years now or over five years in the U.S. Even when mm-hmm. I lived in Canada, this is like a side note, but the um, the Canadians who listen to this podcast are going to know exactly what I'm talking about and totally agree with me. I think that the the mobile phone companies in Canada are atrocious, like absolutely terrible. Oh. They charge you for absolutely everything. It is impossible to get a decent amount of data at a Canadian phone company. It's so expensive. Still to this day. Yes, to this day, because there's what? a small number of companies that control everything. And anyways, it's a mm. whole it's a whole thing. So when I moved back to Canada, like when I was mo- living in Toronto, I actually just kept my U.S. number. And because U.S. Oh. phone plans are so good, I was just roaming mm. for like a year and I didn't pay more yeah. than I was paying. Then I, I because and also in the U.S. they do this thing called unlimited data, which I remember when I was talking to people in Canada, they were like, "What do you mean unlimited data? Like I have my one gigabyte or two gigabytes what? and maybe five gigabytes a month. And if you want more than that, it's so much more money." And so I was like, "Yeah, I have unlimited data." I thought all of this had like died ten years ago or something because, in, well, in the U.K. there's like fierce competition, obviously, for the market as well, and then. You know, bless the European Union. I know everybody loves it. Um, They put through this regulation that was the best because what they kept doing is it's really easy to go across borders in Europe because there's just like so many smaller countries. And they would like, as soon as you went over a border, you got charged international fees for like roaming. And the European Union was like, no, nah, you can't do that. That is just totally made up. And they banned it. So, so for years now, this is why I thought this was like completely over, at least in the UK, you can get like, yeah, you can get the unlimited data plans and like they are banned. I mean, now who knows, but within the European Union, at least you can roam between all the different countries without getting charged extra. Which makes so much sense. Which like, is obviously the way. And I feel like also it's, these are just such made up charges anyway. So yeah. 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 And honestly, things could be different and slightly different and slightly. I know that they've improved slightly in Canada, but from the people that I talk to, not radically improved. So, yeah, it's it's an oligarchy of a couple of small, like a couple of big companies rather control everything. All of Iceland is like that. All of it. 
everything. Oh, Simon asked about like prices. We didn't get to that part <laughs> of the question. I'm sorry. And all of Iceland is like that. There's like two families who own everything and split it all up between them. And then you just pay more. And what are you going to wow. do? Go off the island that's in the middle of the North Atlantic. Like <laughs> you don't have a lot of options. <laughs> where are you going to go for other stuff? Actually, this like transition from like the UK where like there's such strong rights for the consumer there's all these like protections for tenants and all these protections for consumers and for you know there are like eight phone companies and like for everything there's so much competition and you can like shop around to get the best deals and that kind of thing in iceland i don't even think they know what a discount is no, like no. N- nothing is discounted everything is just full price and then oh. you know it's just <laughs> that's just how it is and if you're like why isn't this available They're like oh, i don't know maybe it'll become you know, so Jeez. the quality of like the service from a place like the UK and the US where like so much competition and like price get driven down all the time. is like really different on that front in Iceland. Yeah. And Canada clearly as well. Yeah. The thing that was going on in Canada for a while is like little phone companies would pop up and try to be new and different and then they would just get acquired by the bigger yeah. phone companies. And so it was like, nice try. That was fun while it lasted. <laughs> but you, when I was there... So, so yeah, the coming back to it, I've had the same number because while I was in Canada, I was like, I'm not even going to mess around with trying to get a good Canadian plan because I was like, this doesn't exist. So I'm just going to keep my U.S. number and roam. And <laughs> it was cheaper. By the way, I finally switched my U.K. plan from like whatever it was before to like the lowest possible price plan. Mm. So as a follow up at the end of the show, very urgent follow up. I have my UK phone number still and on like I've downgraded my plan to like the absolute lowest one. So that's the status of my UK phone in case you were wondering since we're having this conversation. Good to know. Good to know. I was really (laughs) curious about about the number of phones that you had. I know you were. Yeah. (laughs) So I made the decision. uh, I have asked you off the podcast. I am just very interested. You asked me on the podcast. This is literal follow up. Oh, I did. I've also definitely asked you off the podcast, (laughs) though. (laughs) Yeah, this was literal follow-up, even though we're at the end of the show. Uh, Oh my goodness. Okay, one more shout-out. One more shout-out. This was wild, Haley. This was like... Yeah. So I'm reading through like my DMs and I I didn't even realize there's like a second inbox now on Instagram. It's been... It has been there for a a little while, yeah. Okay, well, I... Clearly, this wasn't like my... I I didn't even know. That's okay. You had other priorities. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm kind of looking and then I see this, uh, I, I see this DM from one of our listeners where I had literally taken a photo out of a moving car. I wasn't driving. I was just taking a photo out of the car somewhere in Iceland and it was like a road and it was snow. It was like nice. And I get this like really nice compliment on like that photo. And then also like a different photo, like where my home screen background came from or something. And it was like these mountains that was actually from Austria and not Iceland. And I was like, oh, this is a nice little uh, message. And since I had to kind of you know, find the photos again because they were from like way back when. I was like, what's the best way to get these photos across? And I just decided to post them on Twitter. And I was like, hey, somebody asked me for uh, these photos. Here they are. And then because I was kind of doing all this work anyway, I added a couple more photos that I've just taken. And anyway, I just thought this was like a nice little interaction. And then the next thing I know, you're like retweeting from the Make Work Work account that (laughs) this person had actually used a photo I took as their actual iPhone home screen background. So wild. And I know 
I know like for maybe someone listening is like uh, whatever <laughs> but for me it was just such a like a surreal like people look at their home screen like a million times a day and I have never considered myself like a photographer in any sense so it was just like a really uh, wonderful but also slightly bizarre experience and I just want to say thank you for appreciating my photos and I will have on my public notion a link to where you can find the photos in like the full quality whatever because Twitter compresses the images so that Amazing. will be in the show notes yay for anyone who's curious mm-hmm. and if you use Habby's photos as your you know as your it's so wild your background on your phone or, or anything like that and you want to take a screenshot and send it so to us to me, Haley. We're, we're up for that no pressure to do that but you know we're no here. it's such a weird thing like I don't know anyway for me it was such a like I feel like people often have their own photos and then they have like fancy photos from like Unsplash or something but I feel like I'm just anyway it was it was a cool milestone as well in 2020 to cross so I just want to say thank you very cool uh for kind of yeah Yay. For the nice messages and all the support through the years. We're in 2021 Yay. now. <laughs> Yay. Is this the show? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? <laughs> no, I feel like we have I like mean, a- we threw follow up into the end here. <laughs> so the the rules don't apply. Year of adaption, Haley. <laughs> I'm fully in year of adapting what do we want to do like we could you know end of the show yeah, maybe a good break dance i know it's a great art form for for an audio medium oh yeah break dancing is super <laughs> a skill that a pregnant lady can do also <laughs> thanks happy yeah the worm <laughs> do the worm that's great <laughs> i can barely turn over in bed properly i am not <laughs> break dancing <laughs> <laughs> like if you want to see a video hey, no, <laughs> <laughs>